Welcome back to the Common Sense Wellness Podcast. I'm your co-host, Timothy Crumley, and I'm here with Emma Cranston, uh, our other co-host. And we are going to actually take a bit of an informal approach to our podcast today. And we're going to do a general check-in with each other and talk about how we're navigating um, just as individuals, therapists, people navigating uh, the world as it is and our own personal lives and uh, just talk a bit about that. And hopefully that is helpful to our listeners. Uh, But first here is a bit more about our group. The Common Sense Wellness Network is a group of practitioners comprised mainly of mental health counselors, social workers, and nurse practitioners serving clients within New York State. We are primarily a tele-based practice, although we do also offer in-person services, and we've been in operation since the summer of 2018. You can find out more about us on our website at www.commonsensemh.com. Thanks. All right, so we'll jump in. Uh, yeah, I think <laughs> Emma, uh, I know we had uh, we and we we had and we have uh, a few topics uh, listed, topics that we are you know planning to probably do at some point. Um, but to be totally blunt, I, I think they were all kind of boring. Um, we they were all boring and kind of downers. Kind of downers, yes. Yeah. Like, like one of them, um, and at some point we will talk about this because it's relevant to practice. And um, but um, talking about doing like professional wills and mm-hmm. you know how to navigate that in a business. And it, yeah, I'm like, I do not want to talk about that. Right. <laughs> I, I just don't like it. It's just. No, it's important. Yes, to your point, it is important to have consider all of that super fun stuff. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's partly because it's like a beautiful day around me and I don't want to just talk about how I have to prepare for my <laughs> death or something. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. Um, yeah. So I think so today we'll just do a check in uh, yeah. and just talk about how we're doing. And um, my hope is that this I mean, probably a lot of this will be relatable for our listeners. And um, mm-hmm. yeah. How are you doing? How are things with you, Emma? Things with me are evolving. Uh, I'm doing well. I don't think I have shared any of this on the podcast yet, but I had been, my husband and I had been doing a house search and we have officially found a house. We are closing on a house in the next couple of weeks, hopefully, Um, which is super exciting. First off, like super exciting. Um, I enjoy new spaces, so I'm somebody who you know, like if I, whenever we would change apartments, that was cool, except for the whole actual moving mm. day, which was heavy and exhausting. Um, but like, I like change. As I say that, I'm like, do you like change, girl? Come on. Uh, <laughs> I tend to think about change, but I like new spaces to live. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it has been a very interesting process to navigate as a working private practice therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, because in many ways I can kind of revolve my life around my work schedule and mm-hmm. you know because I only work four days a week I know that I can pretty reliably schedule anything I want on a Friday so I don't have to worry about trying to squeeze a doctor's visit in midweek I don't have to worry about going to the dentist like all of my stuff I I can just fit around my job mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and this is not something that is only under my control. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. It was important to me, of course, during this process to work with the realtor that we could be very clear with like, 
I'm not moving around my sessions last minute to be able to go see a house. Like that's just not going to happen. Right. Sure. Um, no matter how great it looks, it's not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, with the inspections, it's been like, I will try to be there, but if it's during my work day, I will not be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily my husband does have a bit of flexibility in his job. He is much more individual in his work. So I can, I can be firm with those boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did recently send out an email to my entire caseload, just letting them know that like, hey, closing's gonna happen eventually. I don't know when, I don't know how much notice I'm gonna get. I've never bought a house before. So yeah, I hope it doesn't impact you all, but sorry in advance if it does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes sense. That's a great way to manage yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, and thus far everyone, I mean, I know I always comment that my caseload's the best. So mm. everyone is super duper understanding. Nobody's like, wow, you're abandoning me, you're the worst. Mm. Um, lot of excitement a lot of happiness it's it's a great transition period yeah Even though, you know acting is a lot yeah yes well and and again emma congratulations on this thank you this, so, so much this is really exciting as it should be um yeah. you know and i'm just yeah i'm glad that that's working out with your caseload but yeah um and the packing packing sucks like packing is and this the like you're saying the moving part of it it's like it's exciting to have change. It's exciting to have something new. Um, there can also be, you know, mourning and nostalgia for what you're leaving. And then also, yeah, yeah moving just, it's its like one of those things where no matter how well you plan it, I mean, that helps. Not to say that doesn't help, but it's like, it just always takes longer and goes on longer than you anticipated. It's messed up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned that nostalgia and it's so true. I know I already mentioned mm. this to you outside of the podcast, but I'm somebody who gets kind of attached to things and the memories made in a space. And I would, I've been reflecting on like leaving this apartment that I've lived in for the last six years. Yeah. So I graduated grad school. I got engaged here. I got like my husband and I got married while we were still living here. Mm. I went into private practice. He got a new job. Like we've gone through so many of these life transitions. Um, and of course grown a lot as a couple. Um, so it is, it's like kind of bittersweet to, mm. This is a great apartment. We've had so much happiness here. We've learned a lot about life, ourselves, whatever the case may be. So it's kind of, it's exciting to leave. But there is that little bit of, um, I guess, sadness, really. Mm. Uh, which I definitely went around taking pictures of the little corners of the apartment that I loved the most, or, you know, whatever the case may be, oh. before I started packing stuff up. Oh, that's a great idea. I never would have thought of that. I just... I work, especially during the pandemic, honestly, like early pandemic time, yeah. I worked hard in finding things I loved about the apartment because mm. she was not leaving. So yeah. I had my whole little breakfast nook area with a cute view and I put a bunch of plants there. So it was, it's like such an integral part of my routine now to sit down and have breakfast there before I start sessions or, you know, whatever the case may be. So wow. I got a lot of little snapshots here and there, oh. but it's, it's, it's funky, honestly, to do this whole transition and be living at home. And while I'm working, mm. honestly, it feels very like quote unquote normal because my work background is the same. My desk is as mm. kind of organized, kind of messy as ever. I'm not really messing with my work area until like the day before moving pretty much. Sure. Uh, so as I'm working in some ways, it's like, oh yeah, I'm just, just living life, doing my thing. Yeah. And then like I walk out of my office and I'm like, oh my gosh, what 
why are there boxes everywhere? What is happening? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, that makes that makes sense. I, I and I hear that too. Like like I remember um, when Carlos and I moved last, which now a little over a year ago. Um, that that would happen. Like I would be in a session or just be in a space that hadn't hadn't for whatever reason really changed or wasn't changing until later on, and then walk onto the living area and be like, "What? Like what happened?" Because I'm all about the routine and and having things yeah. in certain places and um, you know diagnose OCD and that's part of it too. But like that's just that's how I that's my relationship with the environment. Like I just, you know, and yeah, so having that all kind of an upheaval for that period of time, um, you know, you get kind of used to it, but then it also is like, it hits you kind of over and over again. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm, I'm such a planner and I love having an organizational task to do Like I legitimately enjoy it. Mm. So I love to be really type A about moving and I have, you know, different colored tapes for different rooms. I have a moving key. Like I, it's, wow. it's, uh, it's very, uh, me. I nice. Guess. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, but I'm like not delaying myself that gratification cause I'm mm. just excited. So I'm packing boxes up perhaps a little too early and I have a couple times started to pack a box in the kitchen and then acknowledged like, these are literally the plates that we are going to eat off of tonight. I cannot pack my, you know, like pots and pans right now. It's, we still have at least two more weeks before we're actually going to be moving. So, mm. you know, I'm going to have to eat for those two weeks. So it's, I have to really slow my roll in some things, which is fine. There's still plenty to pack. Yeah. I definitely focus on a different room. But yeah. It's uh, it's been interesting. I had a, a very interesting um, guilt moment. Mm. I had to cancel a morning's worth of sessions one day because oh. I had a, a medical thing. Mm. Um, I had a little concern, went to the doctor, all was fine. But, you know, I could either wait a few weeks for an appointment or, you know, the day before they let me know of an opening the next morning. Mm. Uh, so I had to cancel them. Well, I didn't have to. I contacted my clients, asked if they were available to move things around, um, and was able to go to this medical appointment, all is fine, everything's great. But then like the next day, I think, is when I was sending out the email announcing that I was moving, and I just mm. felt oddly guilty, like, oh no, are these clients gonna think that I canceled because I was doing house-related stuff? Mm. What? Like, it was a very weird, like, I don't know, it was, it was an interesting reaction. Yeah. Almost like there's just so much going on and being like really yeah. like acutely aware of it yep. and like, and then kind of perceiving that or projecting that onto your clients a little bit. Like hundred percent. Yeah. That makes 100%. sense. percent. Yeah. So, you know, it passed. We all survived. Everyone was chill. Nobody was angry at me for, you know, the audacity of going to a mm. medical appointment. Uh, so <laughs> all was well. I navigated, um, but it was just an interesting reaction. So. Yeah, totally. Yeah, but it's understandable though. And I think it probably speaks to, and correct me if I'm off base and I'm just thinking of this for myself, it speaks to just the, like, just the stress of it all. You know, like when there is so much change and like, you know, that's the anxiety and stress that comes with it. And yep. I know I tend to like project and make assumptions and, you know, there's negative assumptions and narratives that come up for me. Um, so, I mean, it sounds like that was maybe part of yep. it. Yeah. Hundred percent, and I'm actually just connecting 
right before that, I had, I think we both referenced like some Facebook groups that we're in, um, mm-hmm. but I'm in a Facebook group for therapists. And um, I had just been like reading a post and some comments about a lot of clinicians talking about like the, the sacred nature of our work and mm. like really having to be reliable as people for our clients. Um, some of it, how do I say this? Some of the, some of the perspectives were not my own, I mm. guess. Um, in this, I fully believe in like in therapy, holding a space, not of disrespecting course. my client's time and just like canceling willy nilly. I, you know, but I, I also believe that I am a human and, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I might get sick or sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, I might have something come up with short notice and unfortunately not be able to give at least two sessions notice of a shift in my schedule. Like, mm. like it's still yeah. going to happen. Yeah, that's right. Even though I'm a therapist. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'm realizing now that some of my stress and kind of guilt reaction was totally tied to like, oh my God, I'm I'm betraying the sacred nature of a therapy appointment. Mm. (laughs) Which is, just to clarify, because I also chuckled when you said that, like 110% agree on reliability and consistency with clients. Like just putting that out there, of course. But exactly what you said, it's like we are human. It's also important, I think, for our clients to see that. And we handle it the best that we can. We give as much notice as we can. We maintain the structure as much as we can around it. And I think, I don't know, like I think there's important messaging in that too. Um, there are providers out there who are very much like, and I'm like, are you that judgmental towards your clients? Because you're not setting a great example. Uh, just my own, my own two cents. <laughs> right, right. So no, I hear that. It sounds like maybe seeing some of that, just the timing of that wasn't the most helpful um because I, I love how you gave your clients like like notice you gave your clients notice of the lack of consistency right it's like things may be inconsistent maybe not so much but they may be and if that happens with you just know this is what's happening this is the time frame in which it may happen and you're giving informed consent in that and you're actually giving reliability and consistency in that you're you're putting control as much as you can around this yeah. thing that is not really totally clear and just inherently, unre- I mean, it's you're buying a house. It's unreliable. It's like that's the nature of it. Um, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. We will navigate as gracefully as we can. I will continue to bring my humanness into my sessions with clients, but you know, overall, exciting life, tra- exciting slash stressful life transitions. Mm, yeah, <laughs> which has been interesting in the times of COVID. Still, mm, yeah, just yes. the whole process actually has been. Like going and touring houses and navigating um, different standards uh, or different feelings of state safety mm. during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it has been any secret to anybody listening, but my husband and I have been maintaining, like, you know, we mask up consistently. We do still, like, he's still keeping an eye on the trends. Mm. If trends are increasing to a concerning level we definitely dial back our socializing for a week or two Mm -hmm. Uh, but during house searching you know we were seeing a heck of a lot of our realtor um Um, yeah yeah sure (laughs) like you know maybe we aren't seeing family as frequently because we are going into random people's homes and sure obviously it's their home who knows like how they're feeling what's going on in their life you know if they're still living there Mm. Uh, if any of the especially during this like inspection kind of closing process there are just some of the inspectors or professionals that we have coming in who have different 
feelings of safety and don't want to be masked and mm-hmm. that's you know not under our control so mm-hmm. doing what we can to ensure our safety and very 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 actively trying to avoid getting covid slash any illness really because we don't want to screw up our closing process right uh, right so it's just it's been eye-opening in many ways just mm. Since I probably because we're getting out more now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. No, but that's a great point. It's like, and then how do you manage your own risk assessment and expectations and boundaries around mm-hmm. COVID um, yeah. in the midst of doing something like that? And yeah, I mean, you're juggling so much just having to, I mean, we, and we all are, or, well, I say some of us are, um, are doing that, you know, in various ways and with various transitions. But yeah, I think buying a house that would make a ton of sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully wow. we won't have to do it again for the next, you know, 50 years. Yes. And if and when you do it again, there won't be a pandemic, hopefully. That will... <laughs> Cheers to that. Right. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. But I just uh, really took over there. How are you doing? Oh, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. And I was just thinking, too, in terms of, because you're talking about, you know, again, navigating this up with COVID. Yeah. Um, and I think... I think I've shared this in previous podcasts, but I've mentioned it. Um, my partner and I are, and, and Emma, of course you know this, my partner and I are getting married um, in, in September or late September and uh, and kind of navigating that as well, trying to plan a wedding. And when we are still in a pandemic, um, you know, whatever phase we want to call this phase, you know, 300 or whatever of COVID, but, um, but with it present nonetheless. And um, definitely, you know, everything from the planning of it. I mean, we were likely going to have an outdoor wedding anyway. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, I have shared this in previous podcasts, but originally we were supposed to get married in 2020, in September 2020. Um, got engaged in, I think, like July, June or July of 2019. So we had a, quite a bit of time engaged where we were, like, generally planning the wedding, but nothing was... in. I shouldn't say thankfully, there's no none of that with COVID, but um, timing-wise, you know, I am thankful that we, we weren't, we hadn't solidified, we hadn't solidified pretty much anything at that yeah. point. We were just getting out save the dates. So we're starting to do that process. And actually, people told me at the time that I was doing that way too early. Um, and it's a destination wedding, so like there's were reasons for that. But um, But yeah, so anyway... Point being that, you know, we had really kind of envisioned this, but we hadn't really actually booked anything. And, um, you know, and I think we were going to have it outside regardless. Like we were looking to have this on a beach. We're having this in Cape Cod. Um, so uh, that would have been the case. But now with COVID, like that's it's very much required. Like we're like, no, we're not going to have all these people get together indoors. Um, we thankfully have a venue where, you know, it's out, it'll be on a beach, but then the reception afterwards and the ceremony, if it's raining or the weather's not great, can be under this pavilion where it's still open air. It's still outdoors technically, but we have a roof. Um, so it's, so yeah. So it's like, and I don't anticipate it being, have it set up to have a backup plan just in case. That's right. That's right. And I don't anticipate it being too, cold like when i was worried about that piece of it it's more so like is it going to rain or is it going to be you know nice and sunny um so yeah so anyway so thinking about that and you know us you know we put in this covid policy um around you know the wedding where essentially people either need to be vaccinated and boosted and if not they have to wear a mask um but people are also people even if they are you know vaccinated they can still wear a mask and we're going to have bowls of masks with like wedding theme stuff on it yeah, and it'll just be out, and we're trying to normalize it a bit of like, yep, we're in it, we're acknowledging it. Um, these are the things that we're doing to protect ourselves and our guests. Um, 
but uh, it's still a tricky thing because there's no set you know rule book with that, and um, people have a lot of emotions around it, and there's a lot of facts and research that is just what it is. But people get very political and emotional around it, unfortunately. Um, and uh, yeah, we've run into some dynamics. You know, I had um, one person who was supposed to be in the wedding party um, who ended up declining to come, and you know we're still friends, and you know we'll we'll be okay, but declined to come because they. Um, I guess they're not vaccinated. I didn't ask or didn't know that beforehand. Um, but they thought that our mask policy was was too strict. And, you know, I'm like, I you know, don't want anyone doing anything that they're not comfortable with or that they, you know, don't feel feel okay with. Um, you know, so but yeah, it's also unfortunate. So it's like they're, you know, just dynamics like that. Trying to yeah. like and like you said, it's like, you know, how do I deal with you know, an engineer inspecting my house who doesn't have a mask on and my partner and I generally want people that we don't know to be masked up and how do you maintain those boundaries how do you do that right. um it's 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 these you know sort of things in the details that we're having to mm-hmm. grapple with um yeah 100 yeah i mean man i am i imagine i can't say for certain of course i imagine that adds a layer of i don't know if it stress of course yes but like a layer of um I guess I'll just keep it simple and say a layer of stress to wedding planning, which in general can already be a stressful enough process. Mm. Um, yeah. After postponement for years, planning from afar, just yes. from the destination. Uh huh. Yeah. And then having this added, like, oh gosh, how is this person going to react? This person is having a, a negative reaction towards this piece of this. Yes. Um, for what is ultimately such a beautiful happy event yes yes i imagine that that's a much more unique experience than you know it is it is i will say this is a sort of my own perception with it um it's like and it kind of goes back to to what we're talking about i think we're talking about this before the podcast but for me it's like it totally it does and it's like and there is this little bit of judgment when like i have someone who Again, whether it's an issue with wearing masks or an issue with the detail, I'm kind of like, you know, kind of cry me a river. I, I don't really know what to do with this. This is mm-hmm. my wedding. Like, you know, take it or leave it. I don't, I, you know. So, like, there is definitely, like, frustration and, like, other things that come up for me in that. One thing that is helpful, though, is that with all those factors being said, it, I, I kind of just don't have the space for it, if that makes sense. And yes. if that's relatable for people. But, like, it's like... I'm like, I, I can't, I literally can't fit this into my brain. Like I, like we're, especially now that we're entering August, like the planning is ramping up. Um, I actually have a meeting later tonight with all the best people in our wedding party um, that remain in it. That, yeah, that we're going to be playing, you know, actually trying to solidify the ceremony. And, and I'm really excited for that because, you know, it's my closest friends and my sister's going to be in, in the call. And it's just like really, really cool. Yeah. Like yeah. I really very much looking forward to it so like that's the sort of stuff with the wedding that i'm having to focus on and that's obviously way more positive and that's what it's all that's what it's supposed to be about right so it is something where it's tough when these you know other things come up even related to covid but it's also something where it's like but we really are doing this i think in a really safe way and i think we've been really cognizant of it we've given people informed consent you know which regardless of my reactions to their reactions like people know what they're walking into and they know how we're, we're managing this and you know, everyone can do what they need to do. Um, and yeah, it's like, so yeah, it is something where it is, it's tough, but then it's like, yeah, this has been so much bigger, you know, like postponing it was a much bigger deal for me than people dropping out. 
You know, it's mm-hmm. like, I'm like, I've already been mourning and grieving various aspects of this process. <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> and that might change. Maybe that will catch up with me later, right? Maybe there'll be a point down the line where I have more feelings about various things. Mm-hmm. But I've also had some pleasant surprises. I've had people involved that I thought were going to have issues with like our COVID policy who have been great about it and who were like, you know, I one individual who, um, you know, he was very much like, you know, I'm actually surprised that you're having, I'm glad that you're having it, but I actually wasn't sure if you were going to, and I'm glad to see that you're able to kind of work out a way of doing it that, you know, feels right to you and I, I will be there. And, um, and it was like, wow, okay, that's, that's great. Thank you. And like, you know, um, so like things like that have also, that's also kind of helped offset some of the weirdness or other dynamics that have come up. Um, but, um, yeah, that is a lot of our focus at this point for Carlos and I is, um, now, you know, ensuring that, uh, you know, we have plans for the food ready to go and that the core is ready. And I, Carlos is handling the attire for the wedding party, which is going to be pretty informal, honestly. But, um, uh, yeah, uh, we're having, um, everything kind of catered by Wegmans. I say catered, it's going to be, you know, kind of buffet style, you know, with vegan options and, uh, probably mostly like pizza and subs. It's going to, you know, we'll make the pavilion look nice. We'll deck it out, but it's going to be pretty informal. Um, yeah. So like, so that, that helps. And I think part of it too is like, you know, we're, like I said, it's a destination wedding technically for a lot of us. And it's like, we're getting everybody there, you know? And, and actually my own therapist pointed this out, which I appreciated. He's like, you know, yeah, planning is stressful, but you know, it's okay if this is informal because you got everybody to the beach and that's, that's the the thing that's yeah. you know what this is all centering around is that you're having it on this beach um mm-hmm. and you're in cape cod of all places mm-hmm. so it's like i'm reminding myself of that and kind of bringing myself down like it's okay mm-hmm. if this part is informal or if it's you know if it feels a little bit like a backyard barbecue fine it's you know we're in cape cod <laughs> um honestly i think and maybe this is the unpopular opinion side of me but i think that a wedding is for people getting married mm, yeah yes i am a huge fan of like if you don't care about something don't make yourself care about it i i yeah. remember as that i was kind of like planning my wedding and having all of these questions of like oh you know but what specific flowers do you want in your bouquet and what style of bridesmaid dress do you want us to have and what how can we do our hair and like mm. what color napkins do you need against what color tablecloth and there were just so many pieces where it's like I don't care what flowers are in my bouquet. <laughs> I, I want this kind of color scheme. Does it match okay? Like, yes. Do y'all want? I don't care. What hair do you want? I don't know. Where? When do you feel most comfortable? Like, I yeah. don't care. Yes. Like, this, I'm just focusing on how I'm gonna look. Yes. How I feel at my wedding day. The pieces that do matter to me. Like, yes. We care a lot about a photographer, so we made darn sure that our photographer was good. Yes. Uh, like. Lean into the things you care about. Don't force yourself to care about things that you don't. Mm. If there are pieces of a wedding that don't feel right, change them, take it out. Yeah. Or like, I did not want to do the whole hubby gets the garter situation. And, mm. like, that. no shame to anybody who does, but I just, I don't, I don't want to do that kind of thing. So, yeah, sure. Like, got it out. Don't need to have it. It's not, there's no law saying it has to happen. Right. That's right. So yeah. I'm a firm believer in, who cares if people think the wedding is too long, too informal, too short, too far, too close, too whatever. Mm. Like, does it feel right for the people getting married? If so, that's who we're here for. Right. And at the end of the day, the goal of the wedding is actually being married by the end. So yeah. really, yeah. when we narrow it down, you need the people getting married, 
somebody who can officiate and somebody to witness. Yes, that's right. It. That's so right. As long as you get your license, you're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a hundred, and I really appreciate that, Emma, because that that's a hundred percent. And I, I'm trying to remind myself of that. My um, my stepmom actually said the same thing not too long ago. Was but she said it very much the similar way that you did. Like this is about you guys, and it, yep. that's that's it. Um, and it's true, you know. And it's funny, like anyone else, and we talk about this with our clients, like anyone else that I would give the same exact feedback and it would be very much like, no, like just keep it on what you need. And um, and honestly, for me, when you say that, it's like my job, especially that day, is gonna be making sure that I comb my hair and that when I shave, I don't do it in a way where my face is bleeding like it does half the time. And I look clean shaven and fresh by 2 p.m. when the when the ceremony happens. That's my biggest goal for that day. Um, and yeah, and I think that, you know, it needs to be whatever that needs to be for me. So I, I appreciate that. Um, yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, no, it's exciting. It is. But yeah, um, doing this during a pandemic, man, it's, Mm -hmm. yeah, here we are. (laughs) I wonder, has it felt kind of like out of reach in some ways because it had been postponed for so long? It was scheduled, you know, nice and in advance. Yeah. Like, I'm just wondering, we're in August now. Yes. Two months, you will have already been married. Yes. Yes. So first off, thank you for the heart palpitations that you, you just you just evoked. Um, but, no, but no, seriously, no, but you're right, though. It, it's um, yes, it's hitting me differently than it was. And when July hit, actually, that happened because I had to actually order the formal invitations and I stuffed everything, got the invitations out. Um, then it was like, OK, now we're it was that. And also just booking everything, you know, booking our flights, booking the, the where we're going to be staying, booking, talking to other people about what they're booking and people coming to us and going, Hey, like, you know, what do you recommend? And, you know, so like that made it more real. And now that we're in August, um, one of the tabs literally on my computer as I'm looking at you is layered cakes by Wegmans and the next tab over. Um, you know, so it's like looking at this stuff and I'm like, Oh, like, cause yeah, cause we weren't near this phase of it, but we had to, again, like we knew, I think when COVID first hit, there was that initial like, oh, well, this could only be a month. So, you know, we didn't like decide anything right then. But I think like by like April or May, we were like, yeah, this is probably not going to happen. And we postponed it. So it was like, we never reached the stage of it. Um, mm-hmm. And now we are here and, you know, um, barring an asteroid, it, it, you know, it's pretty much a done deal. It's going to happen. So it is something where it is hitting very differently. And it's, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it is definitely more real. Um, and there's just more details that I'm having to follow up with and ensuring yeah. that certain things are happening and getting set up. Um, again, like having this meeting today, this actually was spurred on over the weekend. Um, Carlos and I had, um, we got together with a close friend of mine and his partner here. And my friend is officiating the wedding. Um, he's done a few of them. Um, so he has some experience with it. But uh, yeah, he's like, yeah, so like, like, what are we doing? And I'm like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't have an answer for him. And then I have another close friend of mine who's handling all the decor, and, which is very, very kind of her. Um, she's, I mean, just beyond stepped up and has just been amazing through this. Um, just a shout out, that's Bailey. Um, if, if she listens to this, I don't know if she listens to our podcast or not. Um, but she's been amazing. Um, so uh, anyway, so kind of talking with both of them, it's like, okay, the two of you definitely need to talk. Um, but then I'm like, I think the wedding party as a whole needs to get together. So um, we're having this meeting later today uh, online where we'll be meeting and talking about everything. So yeah, it's like that makes it more real. Just getting all these people into one room. Some of them know each other. Some of them don't. Um, my poor sister knows some of them from when she was like a little kid. And now she's like 
you know, uh, older teenagers. So um, it'll just be it'll be interesting to see everyone's like reactions and seeing each other. But uh, yeah, um, it's it's real. It is happening. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. It's surreal. Yeah, but it is it is is mostly exciting. It's something where it's like, you know, and this part actually, thankfully, I think has. I have sort of internalized a bit and, and I'm thinking about some of my work with clients, clients I've worked with who have gotten married, one in particular who I think about um, who did some good processing around this, but it, I, I am very much of the mindset of like, this is supposed to be exciting, right? Not that it's going to go perfect and that there won't be frustrations and other feelings that come up, but like this is supposed to be, I am having trouble making sure that it's like genuine to me. Like I'm not, you know, like you said, getting caught up with the other expectations, but there is a sense of like, no, like this is supposed to be fun and whatever feels fun is what I need to be focusing on. And that, right. that has very much been at play for me, thankfully. Um, like having this meeting and talking about the ceremony, that's feeling like I'm really excited for that. So like I'm leaning into that. Um, awesome. yeah, yeah. So that's been good. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. It's nice to have something to look forward to as the world continues to be kind of you know, chaotic and yeah, yeah. And then there's that. And then it's like, you know, well, you know, am I going to have to relocate once again because my marriage may be null and void in the state in which I reside, you know, mm-hmm. and then there are those conversations, but then that's yeah. <laughs> that, you know, we'll cross the bridge when we come to it kind of a thing. Um, yeah. 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 The, the, um, the inflation and economic gaps and wildfires of Southern California suddenly don't seem as off-putting as they once did. Um, so we'll see what happens. But and that's the good stuff, man. Yeah, yeah, that's... Of course, I'm not saying it's actually good stuff, but when that is the best of the bad stuff, like, mm-hmm. hmm, this is now suddenly by comparison yes. a lot less horrific. And yes. I know I'm saying that funky. I, that is not at all to say that rampant inflation and wildfires are good no totally 100 they're terrible but and just to be clear too i don't plan on relocating we're very happy in where we live in the city in which we live in but like it speaks to that there's ongoing collective traumas that impact us personally and we are dealing with that too in addition to covid and while we're getting married and it is Mm -hmm. it's complicated um Mm -hmm. yeah which I think another, that's another, at least for me anyway, and I don't know if you feel this way about the house, but like, that's another reason why I feel, I think, inclined to lean into it. Cause it's like, this part is going well. Like this part is, you know, yeah. going as well as it could. And it's a nice contrast to what's happening, you know, and what may or may not happen in the mm-hmm. coming months and years. Um, Absolutely. I, I did get a little bit of sick. Uh, I had a good kind of dark laugh at, oh, Finally, we get an offer accepted mm. now. Like, yes, like pretty quickly on the coattails of some distressing things within the country. Yeah, and it was just kind of like, oh, great, now I've solidified the fact that I'm staying here. Which, you know, while I said earlier, I hope we're in this house for the next fifty years. If things, if the going gets bad, we can always sell. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Not everything has to be forever. That's okay. Yes. Yeah, Carlos and I are, are looking at um, not at this point, but you know, in the next like couple of years, um, looking at buying some some cheap land and doing maybe like a tiny home, doing like a, oh. a container home or um, like a boxable home. These these things go for like fifty thousand dollars, which is still a lot of money, but like comparison to the housing market, um, 
you know, and then you pay X amount to get, you know, your foundation and get a bill and X amount for the land, but it ends up being, you know, still a lot cheaper than even, even a fairly small house in Austin. It's, it's still cheaper. Um, so it is, it's, it's something where, um, you know, those conversations are happening and just kind of like looking to see what's out there and what would make sense. Um, but exactly. It's like, even if you commit to an asset or you commit into something, you know, you, you can, you can sell, you can move if, God forbid, if you need to, kind of a thing. Um, yeah. I am so excited to hear that you guys are considering a tiny home. I yeah. have, like, this has been my guilty pleasure recently. Yeah. I have just been watching so many tiny home videos. <laughs> yes. I am yes. so excited. And from what I have learned, Austin has a very vibrant tiny home community. Yes, it does. So, Texas as a whole, like, there's so yeah. many companies here doing it. Like, it's so... Um, I know there's there's some in upstate New York too and other parts of the country. Like it's you know um, some of the things I follow, I notice that they're sort of all over. But you're right, yeah. Texas is like is where it's at. Texas and then um, Boxable, which is the one company that we've been watching and have talked about maybe investing in and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, they're based out of Las Vegas in Nevada. Um, oh, cool. Yep. Yeah, um, and uh, and Tesla, of course, is talking about getting into the tiny home market. Um, I have my own feelings about Elon Musk and Tesla, so whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, but which is cool though. I think it's it's. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, it is something that you can just see it at the on the the, the uh, writing on the wall, where it's like there's so much potential for this to like be like for people to be prioritized, people who need homes be prioritized, and already it's flooded for people who want their second home and their third home and their their backyard gym and and like you look at Boxable right, like they have this long wait list, and I'm watching a video on, on this realtor who's talking about it. And which was helpful, but she's talking about it. And she goes, yeah, no, we're going to be putting this in our backyard because we already have a primary residence. And I'm like, this shouldn't even be about you right now. Like, there's a housing crisis happening. Like, there's people who have no homes and who need cheap, affordable housing right now. And you are dri- – I'll go off on a political tangent. But, like, you're driving up the cost of this. Like, you're going you're gonna to F this up. Like, anyway. Um, and, like, that's the thing with Carlos and I. Like, we want to get into it, but we're not jumping right away because we do have – you know, a place to live that we do pay for and we don't need it right this second. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm like prioritize people who are looking to buy their first home and have rent they can't afford and need to get into, a, you know, a cheaper, you know, because usually having a mortgage is cheaper um, mm-hmm. than paying rent. Um, like, like prioritize people who, you know, that could grow the economy in really right. significant right. ways. Like, it, I, I, I'll go off on it, but yeah. That's such a shame because I have not been seeing the trends as deeply i'm thinking i wish i remembered the company but one of the random videos i watched was you know this couple kind of giving a tour of of their own little tiny home Mm. Um, but they had kind of launched into a business and their whole goal was social justice and like Mm. marketing in areas that had a higher um like had a higher homeless population. Part of their mm. whole goal, I might be misremembering mis- some of the specifics, but I think part of the goal was they also just wanted to have access to produce homes that could kind of be like essentially donated to folks. Yeah, um, yes. And, you know, I know with those things, it sounds so wonderful and it sounds so idealistic and that can sometimes make it hard to actually sustain. And mm. I get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just, you know, I kind of made a mental note of like... That's cool. You know, like, that's, that's... I hope their company actually, like, 
does the darn thing. You know? Yes. Yes. And actually does it in a way that's effective and actually centers the community versus yeah. themselves. And, but, yeah. you know, but then, you know, capitalism makes that hard, right? It's like inherently, you know, capitalism pushes against that, whether you're for it or against it. It's like, unfortunately, that's this, that's the, the framework. Um, right. You know, but yeah, it is interesting. There's definitely a, a, a mix of emotions and reactions that I have to it because, you know, yeah, I'll see these like beautiful homes, these beautiful tiny homes. And I'm like, that's really cool. Like that's regardless of one's context or, but then I'm thinking like, yeah, but there's also a need here. And then you'll see, you'll see these people make these container homes and they make it, Carlos made this point too. Like they'll get so lavish. It's like, A, you may as well just buy a regular house because you're already, you're paying the same amount, but it's like, you took this thing that was supposed to be sustainable and there was a whole point behind it. And now you just made it into a McMansion and you know, you, you countered it, you know, and it's whatever your views on that, you know, I'm not saying people can't have nice things, but it was just like, Mm -hmm. it's just kind of like, really? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. It's no longer in line with the intent of the business. Yes. Yes. Cause that's part of it for us too. It's like, you know, going to down to what we need. It's about, you know, the sustainability around it. There's environmental impacts. Um, you know, and yeah, and it's what we can afford. Cause I, you know, mm-hmm. that's where we're at. So it's like, yeah, there's just lots of layers to it, but, um, oh. yeah. Oh, that would be so cool. Yeah. I'll keep everyone updated of it. I mean, it's something that's, again, we're talking like years at this point still, it's going to be probably at least another year or two, but um, and we're very happy where we are. Unfortunately, the part of town that we're in is very, very expensive. So when, when if when we go to do this, it's going to probably be in another part of town and a little bit further out. And um, mm-hmm. but uh, no, we're looking at it. We're watching watching the shows and following the Instagram pages. So yeah, so fun. yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> this all being said, I know we're um, coming up on like 40 minutes, so we probably yes. should begin to wrap up. Anything else we wanted to jump into or check in with that you can think of? Um, nothing is coming top of mind. What about you? No, same. I appreciate us just being able to chat. and. This was so fun. This was, yeah, this was nice. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And we'll do this again. We'll yeah. do informal episodes and check in. sprinkling these guys in a little bit more. Yeah, a little bit of like a talk show uh, mm-hmm. format kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here for it. Yeah. Awesome. All right, Emma. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you as always. We'll follow up in our next episode. Awesome. All right. Talk soon. Bye.